Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday morning show. Hopefully you're doing all right. I'm doing okay. I got my coffee over here. Let's start this out. Break the cycle with DSD. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I'm an individual much like you who's been through a tough experience, had to persevere through it, had to develop some tips and techniques that I use to maintain my sanity, keep my life on track, break the cycle of abuse, and, and help strengthen the relationship with my kids. And I share that with you to help you do the same. Remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder. So be careful throwing around terms because it'll undermine your credibility. And that's the only thing we really have going through this. And we need everyone to, to see us as the, the sane, rational person and see the other side for what's really going on. And diving into stuff like that can really hurt that effort. If you like what's going on here and you want to support, and I see that we have a new channel member that just popped up, so thank you for that. You can become a channel member over at youtube.com slash divorce. Just look for the join button. There's also a link in the video description. There might be one in the show notes too for the podcast. But uh, when you do that, you get special badges, custom emojis, your name listed in the credits, access to member-only events, and access to a special member-only section of the DSD Discord. So I appreciate the support. It helps keep the lights on, keep things going. If you want to get notified uh, when the show goes live via text message, you can do that by texting DSD Live to 844-598-0012. It's 844-598-0012. That'll add you on to the SMS texting list in five minutes before the show goes live. You'll get a test with the show link so you won't miss a thing. And the phone lines will be open today, 1424-373-5483, 1424-DSD-LIVE. Hey guys, hopefully you're doing good. <laughs> I'm just trying to get everything relined up so I don't mess anything up. We'll just be this. It's it's amazing how these weeks just tend to fly by. Uh, one of the things I I wanted to just address or talk about this morning. Whoops! As I touch my microphone, which I shouldn't do. Sorry about that. And that's the struggle of of coming to grips with what you're dealing with. And. I mean, I guess I, I, I mean, geez, I could probably talk about that every week, but one of the reoccurring realities of going through something like this and, and the going through, I use the word betrayal, but I, I, let me just clarify that. You know, a lot of times when people say you were betrayed, the, the, uh, the thought behind it is that you were cheated on. But it goes it goes deeper than that. It's whenever you've given yourself, or this is my thought on it, it's when you've given yourself to somebody and you ultimately realize it was all based on a lie, on a con, and wasn't based on genuine emotion, caring, love. And the problem is, and I see this over and over and over again, is you have a relationship where the person will, will be mirroring what you want, smiling in your face, but at the same time plotting your destruction. And when that when that ultimately happens, right? When they push the button, when they start their evil plan in motion or place it in motion, it blindsides you because you never expected it. Ten minutes before it happened, the person could be, hell, it could be even in your house. 
And next thing you know, there's a knock at your door and you're being, you know, served paperwork and protective order. And I didn't have that particular thing happen to me, but, but you get, you basically get blindsided by, by what happens. And then the next part of it is you see somebody who you would have done anything for. And you see them using every thing they possibly can to destroy you. It's interesting because most of the time when I talk to somebody, if it's a coaching call or email or whatever, is they'll, they generally say, well, I don't, I don't know what happened. And it's like, okay, you know, what, uh, well, what changed? Oh, nothing changed. Everything was great. Okay. <laughs> and then I asked a couple more questions and inevitably thing, the, the power, basically the power dynamic changes. And, and this is what happened in my situation. I got to the point and maybe it's an age thing, right? You know, you get, you, you get into your forties and you start reevaluating your life. You start realizing that chaos is not a, a sustainable way to live. This is what happened to me. And I'm just like, no, I'm not, you know, I, I felt genuinely happy. That's, that's the crazy part. It wasn't like in my situation, I was like, Hey, you know, you're batshit crazy, you know, towards the X and this has to stop. It was more of like, Hey, I have a pretty good life. Things are going pretty good. I'm not really worried about much anymore. I have a good family. I have a good job. I have a good career. I make decent money, you know? And I started feeling better and I started reevaluating some of the people I was hanging out with at work. And I was just like, wow, you know, life can be so much better. And I, I thought at the time, I'm like, man, I'm, we're living the, the, you know, the best days of our lives. And, and maybe in retrospect for that particular relationship, it probably was. However, however, the reality is, or the reality was, in my situation, and I think in most people's situation, the power dynamic changes. You're trying to remove chaos and your spouse or the person in your relationship does not like it because they feel peace in chaos and they realize that they're unable to control your emotions anymore. And that's exactly what happened in my situation is when, when pumpkin was pushing my buttons, it wasn't affecting me the same way. And then what do they do? They push harder to try to get things back. And then the second, the instant that they realize that they've lost you, it's like a switch flips. And they literally can go from one minute being, I love you, I love you, I love you, playing their role, and the next minute, you're a monster. And it's really hard for anybody else because you're not faking it. There's emotions involved in the relationship. But you have, what you have to realize for people who are potentially disordered, that they're disconnected from their emotions. So it's not that they're processing their decision to flip the switch based on, oh, I was with this person for two decades. We have this whole life together. We have kids together. We have this amazing life. And... So they're not, they're not thinking about it that way. It's weird, right? Because it's like I say that they don't have emotions. Then you would think, okay, well, if they don't have emotions, they have logic. And it's, it's more like deep-seated, hidden emotions. 
And then, and then it turns into the normal stereotypical just destructo. The destructo meter is set to, you know, 20. And things just basically just go badly. False allegations. Just taking everything that they possibly can out of context to try to paint you as as some you know psychopathic abuser controlling person to accomplish their own goal I was talking to someone the other day and if in their particular area you can get more if you can establish abuse they can get more See, and that's what's part of the problem with all this is that, you know, whenever there's incentives, it's like, oh, okay, well, if I, I swear to God, it's like they think of it as a game. It's like, oh, I looked at the rules and if, and the rules say, if I can paint you as an abuser of children and and your spouse, then I get all your money. I get all your retirement. I get all your assets. I get lifetime payments from you. And uh, it just it's just it's just there in the rule book. It just it's right there. I'm not doing anything wrong. It just says that if I can prove it, so I'm going to try to prove it. Oh, and then it's like, oh darn, it didn't work. And inevitably, which is amazing, is they'll turn around and they'll be like, oh okay, well, well you know we're okay now, right? I mean we you know I I you know yeah I tried this and it didn't work, but now we can just go back to you know now we can go back to being friends, right? And it's like once you've been bitten by a person, then you never trust them again. So it's just crazy. I hate <laughs> brick mate. I hate pumpkin. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, pumpkin has razor teeth. Oh my God. Marie says, that's exactly what was done. Stole my private journal and tried to use it in court. Yeah, I had that one. I don't know if I've heard of that one before, but but that's the type of thing, right? It's like they will use, I mean, I remember mine was like anything out of the dark closet. Let me, let me just put it down there and let me have you confront that. Let me know. I know your deep, darkest fears. Let me tell everybody and you're going to have to confront that. Or you could just agree to everything I want, and this could all go away. It's a control mechanism. You know, I mean, it's it's freaking evil. It's crazy because, you know, it creates so much drama, so much pain. And for what? For what? You could, you know, I mean, I, let me back up. I, I remember my situation, and this I think is very common too. At the beginning, I, I didn't hate my ex. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know. I always have a hard time with that. But, but what I mean is, is that I, I remember making a conscious decision that, okay, before I get to the point that I really resent her, let's just let's just end this. And I remember saying, oh, look, I'm not planning on leaving you in the lurch. I'll still help you out if something's wrong. You know, I mean, I'm not I just I can't live like this anymore. But I don't I don't want to hate you. I'm not trying to, you know, whatever, you know, abandon you or anything like that. And in my mind, and that for you know, when we were having that conversation, I fully anticipated that we were going to have an amicable separation and divorce. And the next thing I know, I'm being accused of things and stalking and being violent and and controlling and and all this stuff. And then things from I mean, I swear to God, it was like anything that could that they could throw against the wall, they would throw. You know, this one time in band camp, you know, that type of thing. 
I know I told this story before. I remember, and this wasn't necessarily in the court, but I remember we were having an appointment with the uh, psychologist for our son. And the ex is like, can we ask little Timmy to leave? And he shuffles, you know, shuffles out of the room. And the ex is like, I'm trying to remember what, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something. Can't remember what it was. Anyways, but it was basically, you know, I just think I should let let you know that that my ex said when he was in high school, you know, he did X, Y, Z. I remember looking over to her and I'm like, "What? you're talking about something that happened like 23 years ago and then a year, or no, actually 25 years ago. Plus, before I met you, what? And it had—I mean, it's like what? And this, <laughs> the 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 uh, mental health professional is like, well, um, okay, you know, I'll make a note of that. You know, it sucks, though, right? Because they get you to tell you everything. You know, they get you—they—they they get you to trust them and confide in them, and then particular then proceed to, to use that against you, which then goes back to what I was discussing a moment ago about the betrayal. You know, I mean, it's, it's cheating on somebody is bad, but, but violating their confidence and their, and their, their trust in that regard. And then to just try to destroy a person for your own personal gain is, uh, it's hard. And it's hard to get through. And it's not one of those things that you wake up one day and just realize, oh, wow, I was married to someone not, not very nice. Well, let me back up. Technically, you do. But what I mean is it's not like the, the day you have that epiphany, the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, thank God. I'm, you know, you're, you're uh, taking every moment to just be grateful that you escaped. No, you get wrapped into this mode to where you're like, what the hell happened? And it's tough. Now you get over it. It takes time. You have to work through it. The, the, the important part is that is to recognize that, is that it doesn't happen overnight. Give yourself time. You were betrayed. And it's going to take a bit for you to, to process that and come to grips with it. I'm going to highlight this one. Kid Charlemagne says, uh, Dwayne is explaining this so well. After they flick the switch and smear you, you find it hard even to be taken seriously by the kid's school. You are ostracized while you are in the trauma. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, and they don't know, those other people don't want to get involved. I, I do want to just re- say this too. And I, and I think I, what I want to say is if you find yourself in the situation where people are, are believing, 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 people are believing team narc. You have to change your approach. If, if you find that you, when you go in and you say, it's not true, they're lying about me. If people are going, yeah, of course, there's, that's no way that's who you are. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> then <clears throat> lather, rinse, and repeat on that technique. However, if you find that people are not believing you, you have to change your tactics. The analogy I used the other day with somebody was talking about, I was talking about when I, when I met with originally that psychiatrist, it was a psychiatrist, keep forgetting, there was like a dual office. They had a psychiatrist and a therapist. And that was because they wanted to start giving 
our son medication. So the guy wouldn't answer my phone, wouldn't take my call. So I just schedule an appointment. So I show up, go into his office. He proceeds to tell me that my son has an estranged relationship with his biological father. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Sorry. So they had already basically been convinced that I was the scumbag, that I was the problem. And think about it. If I went in and I'm like, no, I'm not, what's that going to accomplish? So what I ended up doing is, is uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure the order I did it in, but, but I had brought the custody evaluation in, which said it was said that the kids' therapists were supposed to see that. They were on the list of people who could see it. I'm like, have you seen this document? No. You need to read this document because a lot of what I'm talking about is listed in it. And the day before, we had had uh, an IEP, an individualized educational plan for our son because he does have a disability. And I'm like, have you seen this? No. What's that? I'm like, that's the IEP. Here, look at these pages where the teachers say that, you know, my, my biologically estranged son is a, a good kid, happy kid, you know, I mean, basically just glowing reviews on his personality and good nature and stuff. And I'm like, how does that correlate with what you just have said, your assessment of what you've seen of our son in your office, how in the world could you say one thing and all these other documents say something different? What's the common denominator here? And then I proceeded to, to switch it to my tactic a little differently. I'm like, look, okay, so if there's an estrangement between me and my son, is the goal to fix that? Well, yes, of course. Okay. I'm like, so what do we do to fix that? What do I need to do to fix it? I'm like, look, I'm seeing a therapist. I'll sign something so you guys can talk to them. If you guys think I'm out of control, you can talk, tell, talk to my therapist and, and have them work with me on that particular topic. And it, bottom line is what I'm saying is, is instead, of, instead of saying what you're saying is not true, I'm like, okay, fine. If what you're saying is true, what do we do to fix it? And it was really weird. It was like when the guy was kind of like taken back. He's like, uh, right? Finally, I, I suggested, I'm like, look, have you thought maybe there's a difference because mom is the one who's always bringing the child in and the hour drive into the appointment is a, is a significant amount of time to prep them not directly, but just to, you know, maybe amp things up a little bit. He's like, well, that could happen. I said, okay, well, what if I started bringing him in? What if we swapped? What if we did, you know, some appointments is her, some appointments is me, and you guys can make a determination if you see any trends. Oh, okay. So he's like, yeah, and the guy's like, all right, well, you bring him in the next time. I'm like, and you need to read these documents. Anyways, my point is, is sometimes you have to approach it differently. And it's hard, right? It's another bitter pill to swallow because why should you have to? I mean, why should I have had to gone through and try to defend myself and my relationship with my child just because the ex is painting this tale of how I'm this person convincing our son to parrot the same thing. I shouldn't have to. Reality is, you're right. And I could have absolutely stuck with that approach. I could have tried to win that battle, but I would have lost the war. Anyways. All right, let me uh, switch around here. 
Yeah, I heard. Oh, wow. Somebody's actually using the web interface. As soon as that's, that syncs up, I will, I'll go to that. Alex has asked, DST, so your X switch from covert to overt. Um, kind of. What, what happened is, is she was covert with me when she needed to, when she was still felt that I had, you know, value in, and the manipulation was working. But as soon as, as soon as that was no longer the case, it was, uh, it was over towards me and, and, and it wasn't, I'm technically she's covert and she's always been covert. So it's very manipulative. The difference is, is at the second that they don't need you anymore and they realize that, that, that trying to manipulate you, they don't need to then it's like, that's where it just shuts off. And that's where it feels overt. So that's kind of the way it normally plays out. So, I mean, don't expect that uh, your covert will switch to an overt to everybody. Like mine is still really good at manipulation of the kids in a way to where she's, she's a master at being able to say things that completely denigrate me but make it look like she's not. And then then I look like the bad person if I'm trying to point it out. And it's, uh, it's really bizarre. All right. I'm going to try to go to this. Hopefully the web interface does work. And it says, uh, I'm from India. My whole extended family lives in the same town and I have been smeared here. I, if I leave my narcissist parent, will these people find the truth? So let me, uh, Oh, crud. It just dropped. I was just getting ready to go with it and hung up. So I am not sure if this web interface, I did do some testing on it the other day and it worked, but it does appear that every time something happens from India, it has a tendency to, uh, to have a problem. So anyways, I digress. So I apologize for that. Um, let me go down. There's a couple other questions down at the bottom. So Alex had also asked, says, uh, how much does the extraordinarily high cost of court influence any court strategy? I hear so often we are tapped out. Maybe we need a better plan for and before court. Well, see, part of the problem with that, Alex, is people don't understand the process. I didn't. I thought, I mean, okay, so here, so what are, what are the misnomers that people might m- m- typically go through? It's like, okay, I'm going to go to court and it's going to be fair. You know, eh, that ain't true. I'm going to, I'm going to hire an attorney and the $5,000 that they take as a retainer, that's what it's going to cost me. Eh, you know, within a, within, it's amazing how fast that retainer gets, gets erased. And they're like, pardon me, sir, but... Your, your balance is zero. We would love to support... Anyways, whatever. I don't know what accent I'm trying to do. But, you know, they basically say, hey, you run out of money. Uh, we need more money. Fortunately, my attorney... Um, well, I had somebody helping me, so the bill monthly bill was being paid. But then, uh, you know, but then they also would just rack it up. Some people won't, right? Some people will be like, you know, hey, you owe us 10 grand. Um, all right, we burned through it. We need the next round of money. Oh, you don't have the money? Well, we're not going to be able to work on your case until that happens, right? So then they basically extort your your progress of your case. Extort. Well, I'll just use that word. I mean, I guess it's a little harsh, but... So anyways, back with what you were saying. Let me just pop that back up on the screen, or at least attempt to. There it goes. Um, so... The next part about it is, is that we think it's going to be fast. I thought, oh, like, okay, you go to court, you know, then when we go to court the first time, it'll get ironed out. Oh, no, no, no. That's just to establish the temporary support and everything. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll do the temporary stuff and then we'll see if you guys can come up with a deal. And and then, you know, and then there's this step and that step. And, and I mean, I remember whenever I, when it dawned on me, you know, a month into it, holy crap, this, this is a, 
I mean, I may have to go to court three or four times. It's like, holy, I don't have the money for this, you know. So I think part of it is, Alex, is that you, it is the thing that you don't understand the process. And it's to have a better plan. Now, the strategy, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll say this. One of the strategies I had when I finally realized it, and I'll say this. Okay, so this is going to be a, a dick move number one that I did. We're getting ready to do the custody evaluation. I mean, so I'm dealing with the smear. I'm dealing with the false allegations. All the bull, all the BS is happening. And I am jumping through flaming hoop after flaming hoop. I swear to God, it seemed like every time I turned around, you know, it was like dance, monkey, dance. And, and it was just infuriating. I mean, it was like, you know, you have to get this information. It's like, why do I have, they can get this information. No, they're ordering you to do it. You have to do it. When can you, you know, you need to get it now. You know, that's what my attorney was saying to me. I'm like, what? Anyways, so one of the things I did as a strategy, because I knew, um, well, technically that wasn't a money one, is I, the, the week before the custody evaluation, I lobbed issues over the fence every day or two. And I did it on purpose. I mean, it was a freaking strategic decision on my part because I'm like, I do not want her walking into the custody evaluation. I'll, you know, I'll rest and refreshed with no stress and, you know, tons of money because they ordered me to give her all the money. And, uh, uh, so I, I, uh, I tried to poke her back to try to level the playing field. It was a bad mistake. I mean, it, it wasn't a mistake on my side because, I mean, she's a train wreck anyways, but I felt so hopeless that that's, I mean, I was like, what do I do? The other part of that, Alex, is if um, the strategy on it is if the other person doesn't understand the monetary cost to it and has a limited pile of, re a limited resource, you you can try to run them, you can try to burn them out of their money. Typically, that's what happens with us, though, right? They take all them. I mean, what, what the problem is, is whenever, and this is kind of what happened to me, whenever you start this out and they order you to pay for everything, they can call the attorney all day long because you're paying for it. Mine actually didn't. Um, well, at least that was the excuse. It's like, well, I don't talk to my attorney. I'm trying to keep costs down. But that might have been after I was only ordered to pay like $2,000. Luckily, luckily, thank God, in my area, the, the standard thing is is that, uh, okay, well, we'll order one party to pay two grand to the other of the other person. And that's it. You know, you're not, you know, so you're not on the, I wasn't necessarily officially on the hook for the thousands upon thousands of dollars she was incurring. It was only the first two. And fortunately, whenever um, I was ordered to pay it, like, you know, not, I was ordered to pay like an installment plan. And when we finally had the final order, I'm like, you know, your bill is your bill. My bill is my bill. And that was it. So I only had to pay a couple hundred bucks of that. So anyways, I don't know if that's, so, I mean, the better plan before we, before we hit to court is you have to understand the process. I mean, anyone, all you guys who've been through this for a while, you understand it. And I would imagine, and I'll ask a question. How many people, when they started this, thought it was going to be maybe, it was going to be just the initial retainer and and your court hearing and you would be done? Who was, I, I'm, I'm on that list. I thought it was going to be the four or $5,000. We'd knock this out, go to one hearing, and it would be over. I did not know it was going to take months and months and months. And mine went pretty fast. I was actually probably from the time it was filed to the time I was divorced was, uh, what, seven months, I think, which is pretty fast in, in a high conflict thing. Technically, I still don't understand why. I'm trying to think. Well, no, the re original reason I think she wanted to expedite it is she thought she was going to, mine, my, per my ex thought she was going to win I was going to get to move and uh, leave the state. So 
whenever it's like, okay, well, this is over, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. So I'm out, peace out. I'm taking the kids and going. So I think in her mind, she was trying to expedite that. Well, that's not a bad idea. Alex says, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a whole nother topic should be strategies for court. It's a good idea. Hopefully I can remember, <laughs> remember that one. All right, let me see where the comments are at. I feel like it's a quiet morning, just kind of kind of more more mellow. I don't know if you guys are feeling that or not. T Solo says, I was ordered to pay 5K, 5,000 for lawyer fees. See, whenever it's whenever it's capped, you're you're let me just I just want to say this for 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 people. And I know trying to you know, make things easy. See, and in, it, in some situations, it, it's not necessarily a bad strategy. And I did some of that. You know, I immediately started paying, giving the X money. I, I set everything up to try to make it as easy as possible. Where I think you should not do that <clears throat> is paying the other person's attorney. Because if you start dealing with some, you, you need to have them have some skin in the game so that they aren't, you know, you aren't just making their life easy while they're trying to destroy yours. And I've known too many people out of front of mine, even at work who did that. They, uh, they're like, well, okay, I'm, I have all the money, so I'm going to pay both attorneys and, uh, you know, and was just like, okay, I'm doing this and just got railed. And the guy was, this is the friend of mine from work who ended up having the stroke, who actually lived my nightmare. I, what I used to fear is that before I could start enjoying life, I would be sitting there just spinning my wheels or not even spinning my wheels, just sitting in idle. And by the time that things turned around to where I could start to live, that I would have some catastrophic medical failure that would, uh, prevent either, you know, basically take me out or make me disabled and, and never have an opportunity to really enjoy any of the successes that I had had in my life. That's what happened to my, my friend. He ended up having a stroke, had to be medically retired. His family, his ex had moved to a different state. The kids all followed. Um, and they moved him to that there into a retire uh, assisted living place. I mean, what a nightmare! So, and my hope for all of you guys is to find a way to navigate this to where you don't lose your sanity, you don't lose your health, and then you get some of your life back. That is the key. That's the goal. I don't know. I see HC asking if iTumblers is in. I haven't heard from him today. I didn't. I don't think I've seen him in here. Shell the crab says DST. One minute you're in pure adversarial combat mode. The next you're talking, they're talking to you as though you're still together while still smearing and plunging daggers in your back. Pure cognitive dissonance. It, that right there is that top. I mean, I went through that and that topic comes up a lot with people where they're doing all that and it's like, well, why can't we be friends? You know, I mean, I, I, I remember early on, I get the, uh, you know, you're stalking me and, you know, we're having to call the police and, and all, and it was funny, not funny. It wasn't funny. I remember one point I picked my, right around that time, I, I, uh, picked the kids up for school and my son was like, you know, he said something about stalking or whatever. And I about came unglued cause I'm like, what the, f-? you know? Because they start this, they start this narrative, and they start incepting these ideas in people's heads. But anyways, my point is, 
is shortly after that, what would happen is, is I would go pick the kids up to take them to school. And the ex would come out and seatbelt everyone into the truck. I wouldn't get out. I'd just sit in there and it'd be like, oh, you know, clip, you know, you know, hug them and kiss them. I was like, oh my God, you know, it's so sad. You're going to go away. You know, if I never see you again, you know, I know I love you. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Right. So all the kids would be crying just to take him to school. And then uh, we had this thing where, you know, she's like, well, I've decided that, you know, you're, it's killing the kids to see you and you can't see him anymore. And I've decided for my, my kids, you know, I've decided, I've decided, Jesus. Anyways, so we had a little heated discussion. The next day, my attorney gets a letter saying, you know, or from her attorney saying, you know, Mr. Scumbag is scaring her and she's having to hide in the house and call the police and, you know, so I basically told my attorney, I'm like, well, you tell them to tell her to stay the F in the house. So I go over the next day. I wouldn't even pull into the garage. I'd pull into the front. And it's part of it, it's funny because there's things I wouldn't do. I used to have, I had PTSD or CPTSD on like uh, people honking the horn because my parents' situation was so screwed up that that's what my dad would do. He'd pull up, you know, honk, honk. And it just, for whatever reason, it, it gave me a bad experience. So I, I hated it, right? I hated hearing that. And then it was like, you know, that's, that's what they ordered me to do. You know, you shall pull up in the driveway and honk, honk and not get out of your car. Anyways, my point is, is that I had my attorney basically write to their attorney saying she needs to stay in the house and stay the hell away. If she's saying that I'm, you know, that she's scared of me, then stay the F away from me. And the next morning, kids come out. She comes out. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, hi. You know, has this piece of paper. You know, it's like, oh, oh, I need, you know, this came for you. And I'm like, stay away from me. What, what, what? Give, give it to one of the kids. Stay away from me. Stay on the other side of the truck. What, 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 oh, 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 okay. You know, I mean, it's like, it's what they do. It's like they sit and they stab you in the chest. And then it's like, well, why are you, you know, why are you acting like that? You know, why are you, why are you acting so weird? Yeah. Shell the crab, you are spot on, man. Kind of like, kind of went on a tirade on that one. Yeah, it goes on to say, and... And emotional fatigue, living, living in a state of pure stress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John says, I know of a guy whose life, well, I'm assuming he's saying a wife, caused him to have a stroke with all the stress. Guys, see, here's the thing. We, we have to take a step back and get get ourselves under control as much as possible. You know, if that's, I mean, I, I, even to this day, I still listen to, you know, meditation music quite often. I'll go to YouTube and I'll just type meditation, relaxation, you know, music. And I do, I work a lot to try to calm my state down, my mental state. And you have to do it. Yeah, man, sorry about this. Brickmate says, I had four panic attacks driving home, driving home to her over two weeks, two ended in hospital. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this stuff is, is, is legit. I mean, it will, it will um, definitely, I mean, just push you to the breaking point. We have to take, you got to, okay, you have to take care of yourself. You have to find a way to release the stress. We had to, I, I'm trying to remember. I, oh, I was on. I'm trying to think. I know I had a thing where somebody was talking about this. It was on the member only event. The way we do that is uh, uh, it's a, a Google meeting. So everyone, if you know, can do video and then we just basically are talking. And, and one of the people had made a comment about exercising and, and how they were dealing with their stress and how they were working out. And that stuff like that to help release, you know, the tension and release the stress 
is is incredibly important. I've never been good at that. For whatever reason, it's just I, you know, I I wish that working out was something that uh was something that I just got excited about, but I never have. So but, uh, you know, find something to help you. Like I said, so what I do is I do kind of my, and I don't necessarily do meditation. I don't really understand how to do meditation, but I guess I'm kind of in some ways doing it. But what it is, is just like, how do I make my environment as calm as possible? And, uh, and it helped, I mean, it helps me. I mean, I've, I've decided after two decades of living in constant stress and anxiety that I do not like that in my life and I do not want it anymore. So. Namaste says a day late and a dollar short for friends. We weren't friends when he did all the nefarious things to me. Let's be friends quote means Another opportunity to take advantage of you when you're vulnerable. That, unfortunately, is is the case, is the reality of this, that it's not genuine. And we have to be very careful of allowing these people into our space or back into our space or into our mind because they will, they will abuse it. Merge says, uh, DST, mine called the police about 20 times during the first lockdown. They never arrived. Just have a list of all false allegations now. I called once. They arrived at hers. Yeah, I remember that one. Well, it's because probably, well, see, and, and it, okay, and it's interesting you say that because the reality in mine is they said she was calling the police, but she never did. And I remember my my middle daughter at one point uh, cause the ex was like, you know, well, I never called the police on your dad. And I, my, my middle daughter was like, well, I'm confused. Mommy says this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you one thing one time and we're not going to talk about it again. All right. She's like, okay. I can't remember how old she was. Maybe she was 14, maybe 13. I don't remember. Pulled out the letter, pulled out the big freaking trifold. You know, flip, 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 flip. Found the letter from the attorney saying exactly that. You know, you're harassing and stalking and causing my client to have to call the police. I'm like, do you see it? This is what I'm dealing with. And she nodded and said, okay. And we never spoke of it again, but... Yeah, they'll also do that. They'll also say that they're doing stuff. And it's just a, you know, just a, it, it was a fear move, right? It was like, you know, don't ever do that again or we will call the police. And it's not what they said in the letter. They said that they were, you know, that, that she had to. It was all trying to build their narrative. Build the narrative that the evil Dwayne was corrupting everything. Oh, wow. I guess I got behind on the comments. I apologize for that. I'm attempting to catch up. Let's see. Man, I'm still trying to... Oh, I guess I could... I keep forgetting. I got to look... Let me see if I can find this one. I still wish they would add a search thing in here. All right, I'll just read it. Alex says, uh, so if, so question for me. So if the ex was never ordered alimony and the divorce was quote unquote amicable, but we are going back now to modify the custody part, I might have to pay part some of her lawyer fees. She's got no savings. Yeah, it, it depends, right? I mean, I would try to say no on that. I mean, unless if she's taking you back to, well, it depends, right? I mean, are you taking, I, I guess technically if you're taking her back to court, what they'll play is, oh, well, little pumpkin doesn't have any money and, you know, you're the one bringing this thing to court. So now you have to pay. Excuse me. Technically, since you've already, you're, 
your divorce was, I mean, you're already divorced. You know, you, I don't know, man, you're going to have to, you would have to ask about, um, whether what the procedure is normally in your area. Sometimes you, they get awarded attorney fees, sometimes not. Typically at the start of it, it is because it's joint, you know, it's, it's, uh, typically everyone, everything's, and they, they think everything's coming out of the same pot of money. So they just do it that way. They do it to where they like, oh, well, you just pay for everything. So uh, I don't know if I really answered your question well, uh, Alex. You have to let me know if that covered. I mean, maybe it wasn't really a question. Maybe it was more like, wait a minute. You're saying I might have to pay attorney fees? Yeah. I mean, I remember one point whenever the government shutdown was happening, and I was just strategizing with my attorney about um, – you know, trying to get support reduced. And he's like, man, he goes, you know, you might, you got like a 50, 50 shot of doing this. But the problem is by the time we get to court, if the shutdown's done, it'll be a moot point. And you might, you know, it's, so it's going to cost you five grand for us to do this. And I, and I asked about attorney fees. I said, well, am I going to get, am I going to have to pay her fees as well? And he's like, yeah, you might. So their recommendation back then was don't do it. So I didn't. It's like, it's, you know, like, man, it's not worth the risk. So I just, I just waited on it. All right. (laughs) This is interesting. John says, uh, my little pumpkin's attorney said in court, she had no money. I said to the judge, please open her financial statements to look at her fees paid to her attorney. There is your, <laughs> there is her money, Your Honor. That's funny. Back to Alex. Yeah, he says, yes, that's it. I might have to pay attorney fees. Yeah, you might. I mean, you guys all need to realize that this, this system isn't, isn't necessarily fair. Uh, and if you're, I mean, there's ways to go around it. And I also think Alex Falcone from The Proper Person, if you guys aren't familiar with him, has talked about that in the past, about how he was able to uh, get attorney fees uh, erased. It's just a matter of of knowing the procedures, knowing what the statutes are in your area. And then if if, uh, if they order something that's not based in law, like what for Alex, what I remember, and this is, I'm just going from this, and when I say Alex, I mean Alex Falcone from The Proper Person. I think there was there specific, in, in uh, Nevada, there were specific instances where court fees would be ordered. And if I remember correctly, the statute was incorrectly assessed. So he was able to appeal it saying, you know, on statute, blah, 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 blah. These are the criteria that says I have to pay attorney fees neither one of these were met so i should not be uh, be required to pay a fees so shelva crab says Dwayne, once our dsd once court uh, once court for custody is done is it over optimistic to think normal life can resume depends on what you define normal shelva crab I would say in a lot of ways, yeah, let me, let me back up. If you think that, that, let me back up. When mine was done, the divorce was final. I breathed a, a sigh of relief because I'm like, it's over. And I was like, I can start rebuilding my life and I can go back to quote unquote normal. The reality is these people don't stop. They live in chaos. They in, they need chaos. And as a result of that, they are going to continue to create drama. I probably had... Actually, you know, it's really weird now I think about it. So I got through the divorce part of it. Got through the end of the year. I think, I'm trying to remember, I think I might have had the kids that first Christmas and uh, 
rolled into the next year. I'm trying to remember the time frame on it. It was really weird. Actually, you know what? It, and it, and then the shit show started rolling up. So the fir- actually now that I think about it, and this is okay. And I, all right, I'm gonna and I know we're running out of time, so I'm gonna say this. What I'm gonna say is gonna sound depressing, but realize it's part of the path because I'm not in that mode anymore, right? I I, I mean, even though I'm still attached to family court, even though I still have a minor child, even though even still. The ex still plays her stupid games. She still does the smears. You know, she still tries to alienate the kids every chance she can get against me. But I, I swear to God, for the first few years, it seemed like every year some new catastrophe happened. I think I got through the divorce. I'm like, oh, great. Things are going to be better. And then it was just fighting me on everything. You know, it was basically her pretending she had full custody and didn't have to tell me anything. So it was that. Then it was the medical billing. She would not pay the medical bills, but, w- but she wouldn't send it to me either. She would wait until they went to collection. And then when she finally got the final notice, she would write my name on it. So even to the point now that on my credit record, and I can't get it removed, they show that I lived at her house because she would... She would say, no longer here, you know, moved here. So they just assumed, oh, okay, I used to live there and now I live at this new address. And then they would send me the final, the final notice and then I would start getting phone calls, you know, saying I'm, it's going to collections. And for my job, that's a big, big deal. So then I sued her in small claims court. And, uh, and then even in the midst of that, Things calmed down for a while. And I remember when I met Debbie, everything was going great. You know, the ex was, I don't know, thinking I was just a broken shell of a person. <clears throat> and as soon as she found out about that I had a relationship, then the no whole nother thing. She got, you know, uh, child support services involved, saying I was a deadbeat, not paying, you know. I mean, so they treated me like I was somebody. And I'm like, look, I've, you, you, you effers have been taking money out of my check for, for two years. What do you mean? You know, what are you talking about? You're like garnishing my pay. I mean, how can you say I'm not paying when you're taking the damn money? And it's so my point is, is it be prepared for them to continue their crap. The, the problem is, is whenever you think, okay, it's over. I can, I can breathe a sigh of relief and they're going to calm the F down. And then you get blindsided again. That's where the problem comes up. So you need to be be aware that they continue their shenanigans and it just takes a while. I wish if somebody could have explained that to me so I, I knew it and I wasn't experiencing it and happened to go through an extra four years of dealing with that, I would have been better off. Now, the thing is, at some point, typically... They use all the arrows in their quiver and you get into a, a, into a kind of a stalemate. However, the problem is, is if they, if they are, have been uh, effective at all in court and have any resources to drag you back there, then it's going to be a little bit longer because they'll use that uh, as, a, uh, <clears throat> as a mechanism to create chaos and drama. Oh, cool. Uh, Gilly K. Law Group in L.A. says, equal access to court is a guideline for judges to use in awarding attorney fees in California. Love your life streams. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. So like I said, yeah, just double check your area. I, I, was, I was grateful whenever uh, I found out because I'm in a, a different county. I'm close to L.A. County. I could have done my case over there because I heard, I think in L.A. County, what I was told is they awarded more attorney fees with the county I was in. It was like the, the court I was in, their normal thing was two grand, you know, 2000 bucks. But, but keep in mind, rural area, you know, not in LA, you know, the, the economies, you know, most people don't have a lot of money. That's why like farther out, you know, the retainer, you know, the retainer, instead of being five to $7,000 was $4,000, uh, 
you know, I mean, so it's, you know, keep that in mind. <clears throat> Man, this hour just flew by. Holy cow. Well, guys, on that, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And thank you so much for the new member who joined right before the show started. So thanks for that. Uh, on that, speaking of members, I want to say thank you to all the people who click the button and help support it. Even the even the basic tier of two bucks, all that adds up to help cover uh, cover the lights and internet and services and all that kind of stuff. Appreciate your guys' support. So hopefully you enjoyed the discussion today. Uh, I'll be back here tomorrow, and we'll, we'll do it again. Take care, guys. <laughs>